Welcome to episode 232 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow their business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. Today, I'm super excited to bring you an interview that I did with the Teachable team. Y'all know I love Teachable. I'm not an ambassador yet for them, but I truly, truly love their team um, and their product. It's really the easiest way I've been able to build my course quickly. I tried to build my own thing on WordPress one time and failed. So (laughs) um, if y'all want an easy way to use Teachable, you can use my affiliate link, onlinedrea.com slash teachable. And uh build it yourself. But in this episode, I really talk about burnout because this is a conversation that is super important for business owners. We end up becoming creators. Like we don't want to be that Instagram model or the TikTok dancer. But in a lot of ways, we create our marketing assets. We're creating video, we're creating social media content, we're doing photography. And it's so easy to forget that you're a human who ultimately needs that balance between building your business and taking care of yourself. So in this interview, I talk about all things social media, how to balance those needs and how you can create systems and schedules that really allow you to tackle the challenges of being a business owner without burnout. So without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Teachable. Hello, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jonah from Spotlight. Always a thrill to be here and really excited to be talking today to Andrea Jones. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm super good. I'm excited to be here and hang out with everyone. Yeah, and I want to call out a couple things before we dive in. First and foremost, hop in the comments. Let us know you're here, where you're tuning in from, something you're excited to learn. And also, if you have your own struggles around social media or goals or anything around that, we're going to be talking about tips for social media, how to avoid burnout, all the different elements that maybe aren't front and center if you're just going out there and looking for how to do well on social media. Uh, So let us know a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, what you're interested in. Yeah, what challenges you face with it so we can answer those questions and tackle them as we go. And also, if you want to know more about Andrea Jones, we have done past events with Andrea. So there's plenty of spotlight content. And we'll also make sure before the end that you get a call out all the places people can find you as well. So yeah, just for anyone who may not know you or is just tuning in now, would you give a little background on yourself, what you do? And maybe I love asking to a little bit of your journey, how you started on all of this and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Andrea Jones, as mentioned, a social media strategist. I love hanging out on social media. Um, I got my start in the industry. Actually, I so I was one of those wackadoos who had a blog in 2004. I was on YouTube in 2007. It was odd back then to be blogging and YouTubing. People were like, you record videos of yourself in your bedroom? Okay, that's weird. (laughs) So I like (laughs) producing content. Um, And so that's, that's kind of how I got my start in this world. Um, But professionally, you know, I, I graduated from university with a degree in English literature Um, which you can't really do much with. I landed in hospitality and worked at a number of different spas and and also worked at the Marriott Marquis and was the manager of the spa there. But because I was one of the youngest people on the team, I got put in charge of social media. I was Hmm. on the social media team. So that's how I learned. Because you were the youngest person, basically. (laughs) They were like, "Uh, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was uh, 2012. So it was like Facebook and Twitter were the really the main hitters at the time. And they were like, you understand this Facebook thing? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then so I actually met my husband on YouTube. And so we collaborated kind of like we're doing today. And uh, we just kept talking after and he lived in Toronto, Canada. So I quit my job and moved to be with him in 2014. And that's when I started the business. So I just started freelancing. And now today I have an agency. We have 14 team members, 20 clients, over 200 students in our membership. 
Um, so it's kind of grown from there. That's awesome. So, so did you get your start then? It sounds like advert, like using social media for other people. So as a service like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I started um, just like freelancing. I was writing all of the things because I had the writing background, Um, but I landed on writing Facebook posts initially. Mm. And then my first client was like, can you also like post these for me? And (laughs) she was like, and I need this to happen every week. And so I went from like writing random things here and there to, oh, people need this like consistently. So I started putting packages together really focused on social media that I can do this for you consistently because it never sleeps. Um, and yeah. so because I got kind of like that on the ground learning on of how to do this for business owners, then I started to see the repetition there and started teaching it as well. That's uh, it's so, so I'm so interested in this because I, this is a challenge of mine and other people as well. I know that I've worked with, like, it's so much easier to do these things for other people than to do it for yourself. <laughs> or all the advice you give other people just flies out the window when you're starting to do it for yourself. So when you started marketing yourself, was that for the courses? And kind of what was that experience like taking these tools and using it for your own brand? And maybe what were some of those challenges you faced when trying to apply that for your own business? Yeah, you're right. It's like the what's the phrase? The cobbler's kids have no shoes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the marketer has no Instagram presence, you know? Um, it, it happens to the best of us. I did find initially, so since I came from the blogging world, I found content marketing to be an easy way for me to talk about what I do. And then social media would support that. So I would say, hey, I wrote this blog or I I did this podcast. Go check it out. So that's kind of where I started was the information giving. Um, The challenges are the consistency piece. Like when my agency was doing great, which every year it's grown, it just got more more and more challenging to like show up for myself. Um, and I found my my clients and students is the same thing. So at some point, your course is going to grow. Your membership is going to grow. It's really hard to do it for yourself. Just get help, like outsource it. So mm. I have my team now. They run 90% of my social media. Right. <laughs> so even though I do this on the daily, I still just focus on like I create the course material. I show up to live streams like this. And then I may even just send this one to my team after and say, there's some clips in here you'll want to listen to and make some posts about it. Um, So that's a way that I can like easily fast track it. And then the second challenge was just this like idea of being a public person. Mm. I don't know if you deal with this too, like because people see your face here on this live stream and then maybe they'll bump into you in, in person or, you know, you have to show up on social media as like a person and share your personal life. And I find that very challenging. I went from sharing everything to sharing almost nothing <laughs> because I find it very challenging. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm super shy. Like, I don't want people to know what my kid looks like. Like, I don't, it just feels weird to me. Yeah. So I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think, it, you know, I'll acknowledge that it depends a lot on, Oh, there's so many factors. I think it's it's different if you identify as a man, as a woman. There's so many things that could contribute to that, let alone just, yeah, your own personal feelings about it. But I love that you acknowledge it because if you are someone who doesn't want that public facing, but you're building your own business and social media is how you market, that's a huge challenge to figure out how that works. So Sorry, two kind of tangent questions there. Just first and foremost, so with that sentiment that you don't like the public element, how do you work around that while still running a a very successful business? Yeah, it. so I just create really clear boundaries for myself. Mm. So, and, and the boundaries can change. I think this is something too that a lot of people fight with because you see everyone else's whatever they're posting you see it all you see their mess you see their house you see their kids you see their dogs everything and so sometimes it feels like we also have to share everything well they share their stuff so i have to share mine Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just being really clear about what you feel comfortable with 
So for me, I will talk about myself and, you know, my feelings about something, but I don't talk about my family because I don't personally feel like it's my place to share. Now, I love consuming that content. I love family bloggers and like I want to see the kids. I want to watch them grow. It's cute. I love it. But for me personally, it just makes me feel awkward. And so I just don't do it. I'll talk about being a mom, but I won't show my kids. So that's that's an example of how I define that boundary for myself. But it's different for every single person. And I will probably change my mind at some point because she's too cute not to share. So I may change my <laughs> mind at some point. <laughs> I love that, though. But that's that I, I really appreciate how you talk about that, where it is. Yeah, the, the social media can be that chasing the dragon. You see a viral post of a baby. Oh, I have to post my baby. It's like staying true to your boundaries is really important. And we haven't even gotten to this aspect yet, but in that theme of like not burning out or feeling like it's working against you. Yeah. So when you started marketing yourself, did it, with that experience you have, did it kind of take off right away? Or what was the point you really felt like you had a handle on these platforms and you, like you were making visible progress? Because I know it can be a long game and you can spend a long time in the dirt getting no or feeling like you're getting nowhere before stuff happens. Yes, this feeling, I still feel it, honestly. And I mm. struggle to even call myself an expert because y'all social media changes too fast. Like I don't yeah. <laughs> like Instagram looks different today than it did two months ago. Right. Yeah. So it's really hard to set to show up and say, I'm a social media expert, which is why I oftentimes say I'm a strategist because I do look at it and study it every day. But I don't think anyone can truly be. I don't even think Mark Zuckerberg under, fully understands what Facebook does. Right. So or Meta I don't think now. any of us do. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, just knowing that, you know, it is challenging. It's constantly changing and being OK with that really helps me. And um, but that feeling of, you know, is this working? <laughs> Am I doing the right thing is really hard. And one of the things that helps me is my business is growing. So mm. if I can see measurable success in my business. It doesn't matter. So I like to point out that I only have 8000 Instagram followers because mm -hmm. I still have a very successful business with 8000 Instagram followers. I don't need 100,000. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think sometimes, too, just looking at your business growth and going, OK, this is working because it's feeding into that is helpful. And then really looking at those metrics that support that business growth. So when I first started, I was looking at follower count and um, because that's a really easy metric to look at. How many followers do I have? And it feels so defeating, especially on platforms like Twitter and Instagram where people follow you, then unfollow you. And then follow you and unfollow you. And you're like, I'm not making any progress. Um, yeah. So instead of looking at follower count, I'll look at things like reach and impressions. How many people even saw my posts? Mm. And then I'll look at things like intent. So I love to see, you know, if I'm saying on Instagram, click the link in my bio, I'll actually go look at that post and see how many people click the link in my bio. Because to me, that that's what I'm asking them to do. So if people are doing that, then I go, oh, okay, it's working. It doesn't matter you know, how many likes and comments this post got, because what I really wanted people to was to do was go look at the link. So that helps too with that feeling of like, am I even, what am I doing here? Is this even working? You know? <laughs> yeah. You are preaching right now. Yes. It's so, well, and we've talked a fair amount about this in past spotlight events. We don't do a whole lot around social media, but the ones we do, we're trying to outline the systems and tools to have in place so that there is that clear path for someone. You don't just want views. You don't just want followers. And to your point, I love that you wear that as a badge of honor, how many Instagram followers you have, because we see people with a couple hundred followers making six figures a year and people with millions with no idea how to make an income off of it. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that. And, and in the end, I, I feel, I'm curious your opinion about this. You kind of hinted at it, but I'm curious how, how much it is this way. To me, I, I really just use the income. Am I making money off of it? And that can feel a little dark at times. Like I'm just tying it 
to the money, but that is ultimately the goal. I'm not out here for the vanity so much. So is that also like, is that what you mean when you look at your business, like literally your income? Yeah, exactly. Like, am is my business producing income? But also to like a second degree, am I building the right kind of relationships? So um, even so an example is this sort of collaboration with Teachable. I remember the first time the former CEO, I believe, um, reached out to me on Twitter and said, hey, we noticed you're you know, a Teachable customer. You, you, you use a product in yours school can you come on and do this interview i mean those sorts of relationship building connections i'm like oh it's working (laughs) you know yeah sometimes it's about the connection to the right people getting in the right rooms um the right opportunities that could be really a powerful way to use social media oh i love that perspective too um i did i was looking for an exactly right time to answer this comment, but I think this is as good as any. I thought it was really interesting. Cameron is asking, I don't understand how it works to have someone else in charge of your social media. How does it sound authentic? Like I'm the only one making the comment? Yes. Hey, listen, Cameron, this is such a great question. And I promise you all of your favorite online marketers have teams of people running their social media for them and you think it's them. Um, so take someone like, um, who, who's it like a, a person who uses Teachable? I was trying to think. Um, Nicole Walters, I believe. Sure. It, yeah, yeah. has been featured here before. I promise you she has someone helping her put together her social media posts and the posts of her company. And you don't realize that that's happening. So one of the great ways about doing this, especially as course creators, is you have so much content <laughs> In your courses, if you're teaching, you're explaining, you're using analogies, you're using these things that you can then pull the smallest little piece out for social media. So um, Cameron or someone, Ingrid, Ingrid, you mentioned you're an artist, for instance. Um, I'm, I live in Niagara region now, Ingrid. Hello, fellow Canadian. Um, so <laughs> let's say you're an artist and you, you know, sculpt these beautiful sculptures and now you're teaching people how to do the same. So as you're in your class, you're talking about the process of, I don't know enough about this. I should have picked one I know. Like a process <laughs> of like smoothing out a specific piece. Like that can be a post. Like here's a hot tip. If you're sculpting something and you want to smooth out a piece, then, you know, here's the tip. And if you want more information, join my course. Someone else on your team, a virtual assistant, a social media manager, can go in, find what you said, write the little caption, maybe post a picture of the final product and tell people to go back to your course as an example. So that's just one example of how someone else can come in and do it for you. Now, Cameron, I do recommend still doing it yourself initially because you kind of have to find your own footing. Um, I do think it's helpful to understand how it all works as well because it's very easy to get ripped off by people out here preaching the world. But I do think that, you know, having someone else to come in and support, whether they're customer support, answering comments and DMs, whether they're, you know, helping you write the captions or doing hashtag research for you or, you know, designing a graphic for you, you could really get a lot of support with your your social so you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah. I, I love that question because I remember my mind was just absolutely blowing the first time I was, I got to know an influencer and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, working a little. Yeah, Olivia will handle that. I'm like, who's Olivia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she runs all of it. That's what? How do you? Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, I get on a little tangent, but a uh, little rapid fire. Like, I think a lot of that is building that team is hiring well. And you gave one tip of like knowing, doing it yourself at first. So you know what that is. Do you have? A couple more tips as far as like looking for the right people, what to look for, places to look or yeah, just general wisdom around building a team when you're ready. Yeah, because to me, it's just like trying to hire like a bookkeeper or something like that. I am not the best person to be doing my books. And it feels very intimate to like have someone out all up in my finances, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's the same for social media. Like it feels intimate. So take your time would mm-hmm. be my first tip. I know sometimes we post in a Facebook group and then we go with the person that we can afford. And that's not really the best option. Like write out a job description of what you need. I need someone to do this, 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 and this. 
and write out in the job description the kind of personality like I need someone who who's kind of like this and then you know talk a little bit about your course or your product you know here's here's who we serve here's our because if you're an artist for instance you probably want someone who has their foot in the art world right you want someone who understands your your clients and customers so putting that all together will help you attract the right person and then take your time like talking to these people you know zoom is great because we can work with anyone in the world so you know set up a zoom call talk to them face to face see if they could work with you and feel great with you and then assign a small project so um i'm gonna you know i like to do paid projects so i will give you one post or two posts i'll pay you for your time but i just want to see what you come up with and then you kind of can get a feel for that person and the last thing i'll say is be prepared to train them as well i think there's really high expectations sometimes in the social media space. I see it all the time with our clients and customers. So we set the expectation up front with our done-for-you clients. It may take us three months to like nail this down. But as long as within the first month, we're like 70 to 80% the way there, then we can work together. We can figure it out. But if if within that first month, it's like, this is way off. You're not even close to making a, you know, a C minus, then, you know, let's just part ways and it may not be a good fit. Mm, I love that. I, all of that and speaks to what Ingrid was just saying that uh, they had someone posting, but it didn't feel authentic and had to approve each post before it was posted. And yeah, I've worked with clients too, and it just takes a while to find your people. Yeah. And yeah. and to Ingrid's point, for a lot of our clients, they still have to approve the posts. Um right. So they still review every post, but it's a difference between spending 10 minutes a week looking at it versus spending, you know, three hours doing it yourself. <laughs> so right. Right. for a lot of them, that 10 minutes is like, yep, they look at it. Maybe they have one or two things and we're good to go because they, the person doing your social media will never be you. So there's always going to be something where you go, "Ooh, that's not what I would say or, oh, I didn't tell you this piece that would help this post be better. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you also have to be really clear on what you want, right? Yeah. Man, that's real. Oh, well, well, we're still on this. Let's a- answer this question Chris asked. Can you give us an idea of how payment is structured per post or monthly retainer? Or so for employees, how do you know what's fair to pay someone? Yeah, I mean, if you're just starting out, you're probably looking for like an hourly virtual assistant. Um and anywhere I've seen anywhere between twenty to fifty dollars an hour for for that level of support. Um, if you do a monthly retainer, um, or if you're looking at a like a social media freelancer or an agency, you're probably looking at somewhere from a thousand dollars for a beginner all the way up to you know my agency is around five thousand dollars for complete done for you. It really depends on what you need. So the $1,000 person is probably only doing a couple posts here and there. You'll probably have to give them a lot of guidance. Whereas on the other end of the scale, yes, it's more expensive, but we do, you know, full on branding, video editing, um, you know, custom support. Like it, it just depends on the level you need. And I wouldn't recommend that if you're just starting out. So there's no right answer, right? Right. But hopefully that gives you a range of what you can expect. Love it. Uh, and so I want to transition a little, um, and we'll come back to some other like tips and stuff on social media. But you know, uh, the theme of this event is a little bit about burnout or just how you avoid that ahead of time. I know a lot of the people that I have worked with or tried to help are already deep in burnout by the time they realize it. <laughs> So I'm curious your experience with that, if you've had that experience, how you got out of it, and then also just some advice you have for maybe systems or checks and balances so you avoid that before it happens. Yeah, I've definitely had burnout. I remember in 2017, so I'd been in business for three years. I was just starting my first course. I launched my first course in 2016. So I had the course, but I was mostly doing services. And I remember feeling completely overwhelmed by the notifications on social media because I had all my clients. I had the emails. I had my handful of students. And I was like having these super anxious moments where I didn't want to open my email because I was like, what is someone going to need from me today? <laughs> like, I just felt on demand. 
all the time. And so that led to burnout for me. I ended up taking a two-week complete sabbatical from social media, from digital, everything digital. I like bought physical books even, so I wouldn't even have to use my Kindle. Like I, I really took a break. And so I think first acknowledging that that happens a lot, especially in with today's technology, we just don't have enough information to know where our limits are with this modern technology. And we're all connected. Like we all have our phones. We're all connected constantly. Um, so just being aware that that's still a developing thing, I think is a great place to start. But then also I got to come back to the conversation about boundaries. Mm-hmm. So one of my boundaries is I don't have any notifications on my phone outside of text messages mm-hmm. and phone calls. So all of the apps, I manually go in and turn off notifications because I cannot, like, I I just don't want to be in that spot again where I feel like I'm on demand. So I turn off all of the notifications, even email, and I kind of did a reset. And I figured out what worked for me. So there's some things that I turn back on, like Slack, I ended up turning back on because that's how I communicate with my team. Uh, I use Circle Community for my community space and my membership. Um, so I turn that back on so that when my members ask questions, I kind of get those. But I don't need Instagram. I don't need Facebook. I don't need Twitter. I definitely don't need all my clients' accounts as well. That's too much. So kind of figuring out that boundary for yourself could be a really great place to start. Some people even like delete the apps on the weekends and then like re-download them on Monday. You know, you do whatever works for you, but kind of allowing yourself to sit and think, how do I want to use this to grow my business, grow my course? And then deciding that instead of just logging into the app and going, okay, I guess I'll get notifications. I guess I'll do this because the app's telling me to do it. And if you follow the app, they'll keep pulling you back in and they're designed to be addictive and you will burn out. Yeah, that is such a good, yeah, it just allows you to be intentional about your interaction, right? I love that. I love the idea of just going in and turning off absolutely all notifications and working up from zero. Because they sure don't build it that way. <laughs> it's automatic. It's automatically it's turned just on. Like, I, uh, yeah. You know, Instagram yeah. sends these fake ones now, where it's like ninety percent of people have engaged with this post, and then you go click on it, and you're like, really? And then you're back in the app, and you're scrolling, and then like three minutes later, you're like, what was I even doing here? Yeah, I know. I know. It's yeah, yeah. And of course, they want you on there, but yeah. Interrupting cow, moo! I'm interrupting this podcast episode because I know you're here hanging out with me and you're interested in taking the next step in your social media strategy. Maybe your social media has gotten a little stale. Maybe you're looking to revive it. Maybe you just want to tie all of those pieces together. Well, I've got a super sweet gift for you. It is a free course that's going to walk you through step-by-step how to build a social media strategy that you'll actually stick with. One that works for you and your business. One that won't make you feel like you're on this content creation hamster wheel. And it'll help you leap and jump into a social media strategy that is sustainable. So check it out. It's at onlinedrea.com slash free. And when you sign up, you'll get a super sweet bonus of uh, done for you captions, graphics, and more. Again, that's onlinedrea.com slash F-R-E-E. All right, back to the episode. So I like these, these boundaries and structuring it in those boundaries and having that relationship with it. And then I'm I'm curious, kind of like in your actual day-to-day personal life, do you establish schedules for yourself, how you interact with these? Is it, you know, do you have boundaries as well? Like from 9 a.m. to 10, I don't touch this stuff so I can drink my coffee. What's your day-to-day look like as you interact with those things? Yeah. So I actually use different platforms for different things too. So Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, I spend a lot of time on for business. Um, Instagram, there is some crossover with personal, but mostly Facebook is my personal account. And then TikTok is both right now. So because of that, I kind of do have things separated. Because I have notifications, it's very easy for me not to accidentally go into an app unless I'm working. So when I'm at my desk and I'm working, I'm on these things all day. I don't really have a strong boundary, but I do have a little task in my asana that says, <laughs> you know, check social media. So I don't forget, 
and I do have to check that off every day. But it, it is part of my day. And I, I would say I'm a little different because it's my job, too. So I'm like in it right. while I'm working a lot. For a lot of my like students in my membership, for instance, I definitely suggest like carving out, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day to just like engage with your community. And like all of the time you spend creating that content, you definitely want to spend the same amount of time engaging with your community. So make sure to carve out that time every day. Um, now for personal time, I do give myself free reign. Um, usually at the end of the day after my kid goes down for sleep and I'm on this TikTok kick right now. I could it's scroll amazing. out. I know. I Yeah. TikTok knows me so well. Once it no, once it gets to know you, it's it's good. It's inc- I always learn something. I'm with you. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So I yeah. do give myself freedom there. Um, as and my rule is, as long as I'm enjoying myself, mm. there does become a time, and I do find catch myself with this where because I'm in social media, I do see a lot of social media things. So then I end up going down this rabbit hole of like, ooh, I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what they're doing. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. And then I start uh, shooting myself. And then I start feeling bad. And I go, oh, okay, it's time to put this down. <laughs> so just kind of being aware of like the comparison game too, because you'll always feel like you're never enough because there's always going to be so much more content than you can produce. Um, so I have to catch myself and then put it down, go do something else, go read a book I love to read. And then I can come back to it because I do like social media. I enjoy it, but I have to be very aware of the energy that I feel from it. And if I start feeling negative or bad, then I need to do something else. Mm. Mm, that's valid. So point blank, do you feel like you have a good work-life balance at this point and a relationship with that stuff? I do now. (laughs) So it's funny because it always fluctuates. So I had a baby in April of this year, and that totally changed my work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I work very part-time now, like 12, 15 hours a week. Before she arrived, I worked easily 40, 50 hours a week because I like to work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, my, I would say my very strictness though, is my weekends. Like I just, that I learned that I need that time away from work to actually continue to like working. (laughs) Like if I work straight through the weekend, then I start to resent the work that I have to do. And that shows up. Like if you're teaching a course and you're, you're not in it, that energy can come across in the videos you produce in the audios, whatever you're doing. So I have to be strict about that time. And I usually try to plan things with like friends or go out somewhere because I'm home by myself in my office all day. Um, so I try to go do something and that usually like brings energy to me. I feel refreshed. So for me, the weekends are the hard boundaries. But honestly, during the week, I don't I didn't have that many. And but now that my baby takes up so much of my time, I don't have a choice. <laughs> like she's very demanding little one. Um, and so the boundaries are kind of in place because of her. <laughs> That's your first kid? Yeah. <laughs> ah, congratulations. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, I know you're not promoting having a child to fix your relationship with social media. But <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? But it's, uh, that's a weird, like, underpopulation argument, but we don't. <laughs> no, but I, whatever it is, it makes sense to compare it to your relationship with the things that matter in your life that aren't work and and balance it that way and give it equal space yeah so if you were to give i know you've you've given a lot of kind of your experience and tips but if you're get to give like one or two very direct tips for specifically creating a sustainable platform early on can you hone in on a a couple to that specific need? Yeah. So when I think about, there's two different sides of social media. There's a social side, there's the media side. So I'm going to talk about media, like producing media first. I like to give, I like for like, especially content creators and course creators, give yourself a time limit. Instead of saying, I want to produce five posts this week and every week going forward, say, I want to spend two hours every week creating content. And what the time limit does versus the output of posts, what the time limit does is it gives you structure to be creative without the pressure of having to produce a ton of content. 
Mm. Because creating content on social media is a skill. And as adults, we always go into these skills and go, this is easy. How hard could it be? I see everyone doing it. And then we try it and we go, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something <laughs> wrong with Instagram. <laughs> like, this is way harder than I thought. Like, we've all yeah. thought this, right? Yeah. We're like, how are people doing this all day, every day? You know what? Never mind. I'm not going to use social media anymore. Yeah. And then we just don't do it, right? So give yourself time to learn the skill of creating content on social media. It took me years to develop that skill. And this is my job. And I still struggle with some things. I was trying to make an Instagram reel and I felt like a granny. I was like, how are people getting the sticker thing on the reel? Every time I try it, it shows up blank. And it was an Instagram glitch. I figured it out. But like, even I'm going through this too. So if I am, I promise you, there's a lot of other people who are doing this. It's not you. And I give myself a cutoff. If I can't figure it out in this time, it's time to move on because there are other things we need to write emails, design our course material, you know, show up on interviews like this. Like there's so many other things to do. So give yourself the time limit. And then within that time limit, I want you to start thinking about the the intention of the post itself. So am I posting this to connect with my community or am I posting this to convert them? Mm. So if I'm posting to connect, then I probably want to do something fun or entertaining or ask a question or share maybe some behind the scenes, something like that. And most of social media content is connection-based. I would say four out of five posts, probably connection-based. But you always want to also have posts that convert. So am I putting my offers out there? Am I talking about my course? Am I saying like, this is the value? This is the transformation you'll get? Am I talking about like my lead magnet or, you know, that next step? So making sure that you have that balance of posts will also help you develop a more cohesive strategy. So that's the media side, which is so easy to forget because media is so public and everyone sees it. But I think they they have equal weight. So if you're spending two hours a week creating content, I do think you should spend two hours a week being social on social media as well. Mm. So that means looking for collaboration partners. Like who else has a course out there that's complementary to yours? If you're in email marketing, look for a social media course. Can you do guest spots on each other's? Instagram accounts or talk to each other, um, you know, looking for being featured on a podcast or being interviewed on a show, connecting with your current audience, like the people who are commenting on your videos. Are you commenting back? Are people who are sharing your your posts, are you thanking them? You know, kind of being social on the platform. So I do like to break this down into a daily task. It doesn't have to be two hours every day for sure. But, you know, if you're spending two hours a week, then, you know, spending a little bit of time, let's say, 20 to 30 minutes every day doing the social side will really help you grow your account instead of just posting and hoping people find you. Oh, I think that's so valuable. Yeah. It's really easy to just get focused on the me, me, me output side and, and ignore the, yeah, even though it's in the name, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. ignore that side of it. Yeah. Oh, no, so much good. Yeah. I'm I'm reflecting on my own approach to all of this and learning <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we we got slowly wrap up for time here, but um, I was curious. So, in the we were talking a little bit earlier about you know setting your goals to growing your business, things like that. And I'm curious if you have any structural or quick tips related to that making sure i know you said the intention of whether you're connecting or converting but if you have tips towards making sure that someone isn't just viewing your video or seeing your post but that you're actually creating a system that captures the appropriate customers and turning people into customers so it's not just a vanity game yeah yeah so I'll start with this thought, which is every month in our membership, we do monthly report cards. And so giving yourself like tomorrow, we're going to do the one for August, right? September 1st, we'll look at August. So giving yourself a date with your numbers will be really helpful for you to see what's working and what's not, because it's very easy to keep posting the same kinds of content. And if people aren't resonating with it, then you do need to tweak it and change it. Mm hmm. For instance, one of our um, clients does really well with actually posting a lot of that conversion content 
their audience di- really didn't want to have the connection piece. They were just like, what else do you have? A PDF? Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> like that. That's just kind of how they were. But we knew that by look, doing that monthly report card. So give yourself a monthly report card. Look at the like what's actually working and do more of that. So I've given you the baseline, but everyone's business is different. And then giving yourself um, some time to implement this properly. I do find that most people don't give themselves enough time. Three to six months, one platform, Mm. focus in. Mm. If you don't do that, you will feel like it's not working. It's very easy. And it's not your fault. It's because you're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You're trying to produce content for all of these. You're trying to also network on all of these. And then you look at the end of the month and you go, I spent so much time on this and I haven't got a single sale. Um, And it's because you're spreading yourself too thin. So single platform, three to six months, focus on equal sides, media and social. And at the end of those six months, you'll have a lot of information about what's working and what's not. Okay. And oftentimes when I see people say it's not working, once we start digging into it, it's because they're spending way too much time on media and not enough time on social. Um, And so balancing those out is a really great place to start. And then if it is balanced and it's still not working, let's take a look at your balance of connection content versus conversion content. And let's look at the different placements. So I like to use Instagram as an example because a lot of course creators are on Instagram. But if, for instance, you're posting connection content and people aren't commenting. Let's look at what you're posting and why that is. Like, right. If, if you ask someone, what's your opinion? Do you like spring or summer? And like literally no one answered. We need to look at why that is. Mm. Um, because it's a super easy softball question. Your audience should be there cheering you on and, and hanging out with you. Maybe it's not the right people hanging out with you. Maybe they just don't care about the topic. We got to look at that. And if you're posting conversion content and people aren't taking the steps, like you don't see people clicking the links, you don't see people signing up for your lead magnets. And we need to look at that. Like, why is it? Is Are you talking about that transformation enough? Um, is it clear like what that next step is? Is, it, it, is there too many steps? Like, is it confusing? So really analyzing that will help you draw a line. And I say all that, and it's not just because it's like theory, but, you know, a lot of my clients, uh, what I teach is derived from my clients, like multi-million dollar course creators, membership owners, um, consulting companies where I see what they're doing and I like boil it down to like, what if one person were doing this, what could they actually manage? And it's usually one account for three to six months two hours a week on creation, two hours a week on community. Mm. And if it's not working, then we need to like boil it down into the little steps to see where we can tweak and make sure that it's um, efficient for you. Mm. That's so valuable. That's so much. It is compared to the alternative of that chasing other people's viral content. That's so much more doable. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, oh, I have to add this to about viral content. Yeah. So for the first time in my agency, I actually had three clients go viral this summer. I've never I've been doing this since for eight plus years. I've never had a client go viral because that's usually not the point. The point is to grow their business. Right. Right. Was it on TikTok? All three were on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you're a course creator, if you came to me and said, which plat- I'm new, which where should I start? I'm open to anything. I would say TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Number one. But number two, they're all three of them. The content was very chill. Like when I say chill, it's like them in their car. One one of my um, clients, she was just laying on her bed, lip syncing to a song. Like it wasn't overly produced. It wasn't like this well thought out. It was just them showing up and saying, hey, here's a problem that you have. Here's how I help. That's mm. it. And so I think mm. sometimes too, for the the content that we're trying to create, we try to have the studio and the lights and the script. and the And sometimes it's just showing up and going, hey, I see you. I understand what you're going through. Here's how I help people with this challenge. And just keep mm. it simple. Mm. Mm. I love that. Uh, so much actionable stuff here. Um, we are coming up on time here. So I did want to ask, um, first off, there's a link in the description of the YouTube video, and we'll send it to everyone who's here who RSVP to the event as well. But you offer a free social media rockstar framework course. Can you give just a brief description of uh, what that is? And also, we've talked a lot at Spotlight about using 
free mini courses as lead magnets. Um, so I would love if you would give us a brief catch line of what the course is about. And then also, yeah, why you do that, how that works for you uh, from the business side. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So our Rockstar Framework course is like a sample of our programming. I like to think of it like the Costco sample. You know, they're like, mm, cheese. And then you buy the whole box. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what this is. I'm very clear about that, too. Like, you'll get tons of value from it. But my goal is like, you'll join our program. Right. Um, but I walk you through like the strategy. Like, if you liked the content and creation idea or, or content and conversion, connection conversion, sorry, you'll, I break it down even further. There's like five different types of content pieces you can create for social media. I talk about that. I talk about how to grow your accounts. How do you network? And then I give you um, some captions and graphics as well. So you can just go ahead and get started right away on social media. So that's at onlinedrea.com slash free. It'll forward you to my teachable course. Now, the thing about this, like all of you here will probably just want to join just to study anyways how we do this because it is our highest converting lead magnet. I've tried PDFs. I've tried, you know, many challenges. The, the challenges were great for an event, but it's a huge lift. Um, I do that in Teachable as well. But the free course is evergreen. It's always there. I always point people to it. It's that, like I said, it's the Costco sample, right? So people nibble at it. And then if they really like my teaching style, they'll love our membership. And so throughout the course, I'm saying that if you like this, you join the membership. Um, if you like this lesson, here's where what else you can learn. And so it really gives people a sample of my teaching style, a sample of my approach, like this mindfulness, like anti-burnout, anti-overwhelm approach. Um, and then people convert and I give them a coupon in the course. So there's a coupon to get, I think it's $20 off. Um, and so that's how I track how many people are using it. And that's how I know it's the highest converting yeah. lead magnet we have. Cause it, people like, if you like that, you'll love our program. Yeah. I love that. I love that you use that. We've also been, we've talked in a couple events about, especially when you're starting out, it's hard to build enough trust to get someone to pay money. But if you can create a clear ladder and path, you can promote the free stuff and people will, the right people, not everyone, but the right people will move through it. So, yes. yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to promote it as well for anyone, even if you're a social media expert, go check out that free course and analyze the business aspect of what yes. Andrea is doing there and take a look at that. Uh, and also that... I'll call out a couple of these things, but there's also a link in there to start a free teachable account and you can build these mini courses, even if you're not interested in building a full course. That value is so awesome. I I just love, I didn't know before this event you had that, so I'm especially excited because <laughs> it speaks to a lot of what we're, we've been talking about lately and is, yeah, it's really awesome to see that in practice. Um, just a couple more questions for you and I appreciate you hanging out with us a little over here. Um, what's next for you? What's on your horizons that you're excited? I know you had a kid recently, so that's a big part of it. But uh, what's yeah? What's the next big goal for for you as you set out in your business or your life? Yeah, so we just um set up a circle community for our Teachable Course membership, and they integrate so well. Um, so we're like trying to build up our community engagement over there for our members, which is so fun. Um, so we're really in a refinement period for our membership. Like I've had it since 2018 and now it's all about making it better. Um, we have a few other things like I'm working on a book. We're probably going to do a business retreat next year. Um, so, you know, if you follow along with and you like any of that stuff, those those things are coming down the pipeline. Love it. And where can people learn more about you? Just if you could call out your socials and stuff, we'd be insane not to do that <laughs> yeah that's also you can also study my socials i test out a lot of stuff over on my socials i consider mine the testing ground but um online drea at online drea everywhere online d-r-e-a um, i do spend a lot of time on instagram and i love a good voice dm so if you've got anything from this or if you have questions about the free course send me a voice note i love to kind of communicate in that way um, but i'm everywhere TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, all of them at online Drea. Love it. Thank you so much, Andrea, for spending this time and sharing everything and also just 
Yeah, it's it's I love these events because we do all of this education, but it's so helpful to get inside the mind of creators and just actually see how this stuff works because it's impossible to teach to every industry and every platform at the same time. So really appreciate it. Appreciate the resources for everyone watching. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure to check out the links in the description. There's Andrea's course. There's a link to sign up for a free Teachable account. And then there's also just a bunch of other resources for you there as course creators, social media creators. And like you're already doing, hop in the comments. Thank Andrea for her time here today. And let us know if there's anything else from this event you want to learn more about. And if you're watching the replay as well, please comment in there. We come and watch all of those comments, look at them, reply to them. Uh, so even if you're here after the actual live event, engage with us. We'll come there and meet you with that same energy. Um, before we wrap up, anything else you wanted to say, Andrea, just before we end any advice or just... Yeah. So I think yeah. I think social media can be very overwhelming. So like my underline for all of the conversations today is that like get support. Like you don't have to figure it out on your own. There's I mean, even YouTube University, no shame in that. Go on YouTube, search for the, the answers you're looking for. Get the support. It's not just you trying to mess around with Instagram Reels. I promise you it's not that intuitive as it should be. So get support um, and, and social media is absolutely a great way to grow your course. So definitely lean into that tool as a tool to grow your course. Love it. Such a good note to end on. Thank you again so much for your time. And thank you everybody for being here. We'll see you all soon. Have a wonderful day.